This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. All right, I'm recording now. We are good to go. Sick. All right, ready to do the clap? One, two, three... Welcome to Behind the Curtain. <laughs> At the start. <laughs> or maybe welcome behind the curtain. Someone else used the expression of like, welcome under the dress. And I was like, that's fucked. Like, I really don't enjoy that. And let's just skate past that very inappropriate opening comment. At the start of each of these podcasts, right? Shag and I are recording remotely. Ha ha ha. It's not actually the FBI studio all on one night. Aren't we classic characters? One of the things we do to sync up the audio I'm recording on my computer at my end and the audio on Shag's computer at Shag's end is go one, two, three, and then clap. Oh, Shag, like he knows how it's done. It's like Pavlov. You'd literally say one, two, three. I will just clap at the end. I'm going to test that again through the episode. (laughs) So everyone stay tuned for for that Easter egg. But it's actually become the most iconic part of like recording. And everyone's like, like, oh, Peach, you're going to say one, two, three, clap again? Classic stuff. So when I say iconic, I mean around the house. And Al is now starting a vet podcast. And she's like, don't worry. At the start, we go one, two, three, clap. And then when I'm interviewed for legal stuff, I'm like, guys, we better do one, two, three, clap. (laughs) And so welcome to Spooko, smashing the patriarchy, bringing on a new age of enlightened socialism. One, two, three, clap. Shag, how are you feeling? Well, let's talk about bringing on a new age of enlightened socialism because Mm. one of the things we've chatted about in this podcast, you know, ostensibly about horror films, but also about a lot of things from Mm. curing you of a childhood hang-up that you've never been quite able to shake to everything that's wrong with the world and how we can fix it. You know, one of the main problems of the world, as we've identified, and Mm. I'll I'll need you to remind me the name of The Economist, but... Look, it's not not enough tax I expect you're getting to. It's like we really need lots... But for people other than me to pay a lot more tax is basically... That's my solution. But, but like, the the issue of this widening inequality gap. And Mm. the wider that gets, the more society gets closer to just breaking down into anarchy. You mean Thomas Thomas Piketty, who... That is who who I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about, you know. And bringing it back to horror films, one of the things horror Mm. films do is reflect the fears of the age. And I think <sighs> I think I think the problem people have when they talk about this right now in the mm. this weird 20 it's still 2020 2021 crossover era, the one way people talk about how the horrors of this age will be reflected is in yes. 
the very obvious surface level things that are happening in society at the moment, the pandemic. So films about diseases that are out of control, things about things that act disease-like, so monsters or AIs or things that act in a virus-like way. So they will come out. And then the other thing is the isolation of lockdown and everything that happens around that, the the vulnerability you're suddenly put in. You're away from your from your support systems and from the people who know you like you know the themes of rosemary's baby can be can be worked through here absolutely eyes up indeed spooko studios first (laughs) first crack was about social isolation and the reduced interaction between (laughs) between our post-apocalyptic uh tribes but let's talk about the real undercut like under like current affair that exists in our lives we talk about it in this in this show all the time and i think probably exists in anybody who works in a white collar industry and is feeling kind of comfortable and happy to stay home during the pandemic and happy to shame anyone who doesn't basically are we on the wrong side of the inequality gap and when the revolution comes do we deserve to be beheaded and probably we do i think we've talked about this maybe (laughs) and we've talked about this a lot right and Mm. and it's for everybody right because it's Mm. it's this idea that something's wrong and something will happen to redress it things will just snap and something will happen right and Are I'm we not... doing the purge today? No, no. See again. Did I, like, I... Did, I, did I guess that right? No. Okay. You cool. were close. You were close. You were close. Okay, sick. We're actually doing a movie from 2003, but I, I was having, I, I was, I was thinking about this recently mm. while you know Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> while looking over, you know, the horror film lists that I've accumulated mm. as as we keep going to do do films, is there's this genre or there's this stereotype in horror films of the redneck or the bogan or in Russia, the Yopnik as, (laughs) as, as the bad guy, as you're a pretty well to do family, but you go down a dirt track. All of a sudden you're not safe with, you know, the, the, the paved roads and the houses everywhere. And because you're out of your element, all of a sudden you're in the element of the country folk who are always lower class, often inbred, and pose an immediate threat to you. And I realized this genre is absolutely class fear writ large. You know, the idea of being afraid of the always poor people from the country as an other is absolutely that. This idea that it's like, I live in my safe bubble in an urban area. The moment I leave that, I can potentially be taken by these people who have have a vendetta against all me. of the facade that i have around me like you know to make me feel powerful and safe or whatever has mm. now been removed and we're now at our most basic and guess what yeah yeah, yeah. i'm excited the hills have eyes it turns out which, yeah, yeah. which is weird which is weird we're, we're almost there the hills have eyes was absolutely on my list but i had to in the end go with a film that has somehow had seven films in the series including a reboot that is in cinemas right now written by the original writer of the film today we're doing 2003's gory horror classic wrong turn one two three We're looking for a phone. (laughs) 
sweetheart. Baby, seriously, this isn't funny. Firstly, I watched the wrong trailer, for starters, and it had a spooky little girl singing what I think is the American National Anthem, the Our Country, that's like an ode to the American woodland, isn't that it? No, no, because starts. isn't that Our Country Tis of Thee? Isn't that a different song? Is that the same song? I don't know, I don't know. It's weird how much those songs are part of our consciousness. I think it's from Ren and Stimpy. I think the toast, toast powdered toast man used to sing it from time to time, as I recall. Anyway, spooky young girl singing that song, spooked out in the trailer. 2003 trailer though, Eliza Duckshoe. I forgot, like she was a movie star. Like she was had so much charisma and swagger, and was like, what's she doing? Like she's amazing. What happened to Eliza Duckshoe? I hope that's mainly the subject of this week's pop. She was off the back of uh, the success of Buffy at the time. Buffy, yes. As she played the second Slayer. I can't remember the name of the second Slayer. Faith. This... I'm sure it was Faith. She was Faith, was... the second Slayer yeah. that had to, that was born after Buffy died but then came back to life and then didn't want to be alive. But we had to have two Slayers existing in the same world. And even Giles was like, oh, I don't know I don't, I don't, what to do. Oh, sorry, that's not a very good Giles impression but he couldn't deal with it as a very uptight english man it was a very hard thing for him to deal with to have two slaves but anyway (laughs) she was definitely poised for stardom and i guess it probably seemed like a good idea to star in a borderline teen horror film but probably a lot more gory than most teen horror films yeah okay Wrong Turn didn't seem to turn into a long career for her. But, yes, absolutely. She is the most obvious star in this film. But there's another guy in this film that that I think is interesting. So you'll find out later on that in a way that uh, probably would be a bit more self-aware in, I guess, 2021... Uh, all yeah. the, the the bad guys in this film are inbred rednecks. I don't, I'd like that's that is how they would have been described in the script to the point yeah. where they all have names based on the deformities that they have from their inbreeding. So one of them's called Three oh, Fingers, one's like Bumpy Back, or whatever. Yeah, they're yeah, all what? called like that, right? And anyway, so the guy that played Three Fingers is this British Canadian actor because I sort of went a little bit deep into the cast. His name's Julian Richings. He starred in something like 50 different films. In Like, you know, not all of the... In fact, most of them are small, but he's been in biggish films like X-Men The Last Stand. He's been in the Saw trilogy. Uh, he was in the Percy Jackson and the Olympians film that could have taken off okay. and didn't. He was in Man of Steel, that DC reboot yeah, of okay. Superman post the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, he's done a lot. And yet, in this film, he's relegated to being a barely comprehensible, inbred, subhuman called Three Finger. I can't believe it's his career that really took off rather than Eliza (laughs) Duckshoes via the the Wrong Turn franchise. Um, Anyway, so, all right, so let's do today Wrong Turn from 2003. And, you know, one of the the other reasons I, I like doing films like Wrong Turn because... You see this and it's like, what the fuck is this film? Why are we doing this? Who's heard of this film? Mm. So in horror is truly a a genre that still feels like a scene to its own. In an age where all music yeah, yeah. is kind of starting to sound the same, to all please the same algorithm, to ensure 
it can get as many streams as possible when streams only earn you a tenth of a cent per stream, whatever. Yes. And in the same way that every film is a, a comedy, irreverent, meta humor thing <laughs> that is going to work and is memeable and, you know, will instantly be a hit on Netflix sort of thing. Horror is still remains a genre to its own where it can have its successes that you would never know about outside of it because it has it has such a reputation for turning people off. Like yourself, like someone like you who has avoided yep. horror his whole life would not know The Wrong Turn has had six sequels. So I didn't even know the first one, the first iteration existed. It's so, amazing. So it's had six... Well, I mean, the, the sixth sequel is actually a reboot that's in cinemas now that's simply called Wrong Turn. But before the reboot that's out this year, it's Wrong Turn 2, Dead End. Wrong Turn 3, Left 4 Dead. Wrong Turn 4, Bloody Beginnings. Wrong Turn 5, Bloodlines. Mm -hmm. And finally, Wrong Turn 6, Last Resort. And that's 2007, 2009, 2011, 2012, 2014, and then 2021, respectively. Incredible run for a film series that most people don't care about and if they have heard about it have immediately forgotten after seeing a poster of Eliza Dushku you're calling her Dushku Dushku I think it's Dushku I was going to start with the the animal that quacks that's sort of what I had in mind the duck duck oh the duck shoe is that right you've got the Wikipedia entry there it is it's Dushku 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 not duck shoe. <laughs> Sorry. So this, this is this is absolutely something that I think is you know is is interesting because I'm I'm aware of the Wrong Turn franchise being a fan of horror. I always saw it as like congratulations. You know, <laughs> that's quite low grade, and it, and it kind of is. But you can't front on success like that. Like I think that's actually pretty amazing. Exactly. And, look, look at the scoreboard. Wrong Turn's <laughs> like yeah, pretty 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 low grade. What's up? So oh, let's go into the this. The Shining's only had one sequel. It's <laughs> Congrats on Doctor Sleep. Must have been hard to get a sequel out. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> well done. You did your best. And sorry, we will get to this, but this is also like a good return to the proper spooky horror, gory chop fests that I think are the bread and butter of this pod because, Pete, you kind of do need to be a bit gored and a bit scared, I think. It's funny. Like, uh, I mean, I had another nightmare last night. I'm having a lot more nightmares these days, which are not amazing, but none of them relate to the horror stuff we're doing. Like, it's all... It's all it's all child child anxiety stuff. Oh, totally. Which I, is completely fucking nightmarish. Yeah, adult um, nightmares are the worst. I would much prefer to have nightmares filled with barbed wire, which yep. is a big motif oh, in this film. Oh, okay, that's a good segue. It's a good segue. Now, how does it start? Everything's going fine with a new job, and everyone's we're driving off to our new job. So remember what I said about the the most important part of this film is having mm. well-to-do, usually mostly white people in the forest or in the countryside or in the mm. swamps or whatever, and all of a sudden realising that they're not as protected as they thought they were. So we start with a pretty Sick. yuppie couple of college students, Rich Stoker and Hallie Smith. You can already tell from their names that they're from money. Rich. Is his name literally Rich? So his, his name's Rich Stoker, Rich. and he's stoking class divides <laughs> with his richness. <laughs> <laughs> Names are tough, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> so they are rock climbing, but properly doing it with all the gear, which I think, especially in 2003, is a very bougie sort of sport to be doing in the forest when you could be like, you know, 
boar hunting or something like that. Or going uh, to a climbing gym. Uh, so they're in a remote forest of West Virginia. Uh, Rich reaches the top and there's an amazing moment where I never, like, you know, he makes a point where she screams because she's a bit scared and he's like, who are you screaming to? There's no one around for 20 miles, which, you know, we know is always going to, like, follow, like, precede some awful. No one's ever going to get murdered out here. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. So anyway, so she, we then cut to her POV. She looks up and she can't see him. And she's like, Rich? Rich? Boo. Right? And yeah. he's not there. And so all of a sudden... He's murdered and thrown off the cliff. And <laughs> she's stuck on this rock uh, on a rope, right? And then she starts being yanked violently up the up the mountain. So she's being pulled up the mountain. Sick. And she's like, yeah. oh, fuck, oh, fuck. We don't know who's at the top of this mountain or what's at the top of this mountain. But she's frantically trying to undo her carabiners. And anyone who's done, like, proper rope, like, you know, they make it so it's very hard to undo your carabiners while you're on the rope. So, you know, with the stress of this, it's very hard for her to get up. But she gets out, she falls down to the, the padded uh, wood floor below, lands next to dead Rich, who eyes open, is bloodied, and she's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Gets up to start running. She runs, she almost makes it to the car, but then the camera cuts to a close-up of pulled taut barbed wire that she trips on, which, like, ugh. Uh, we see her fall, and then we see her dragged into the forest, and then title card comes up, wrong turn. Good open. Actually, that's a good... I like a strong, cold open. That's good. This is what this film's about. Rich people, come here. Get killed. Yes. So three days later, medical student Chris Flynn drives through the mountains of Greenbrier County on his way to a business mm. meeting. Again, he's a medical student. He's on his way to a business meeting. All the uh. indicators that this person was probably born into privilege and is going to yes. live off privilege for the rest of his life. I'm just going to go talk with the other directors and shareholders <laughs> of my side hustle. You guys, what's going on? <laughs> Now, he's en route when a traffic jam that's caused by a chemical spill holds everybody up. So he stops at a gas station to ask for directions from an elderly man and decides to go down a different route through a dirt road to Bear Mountain, which he finds on the gas station's map. So, I mean, it's not technically a wrong turn because he... Tra- Even just maps fill me with anxiety. So if I was like, <laughs> drive, drive to my house today, you'd be like, great. Pull out my phone. If I was like, you don't have your phone, you, you wouldn't be able to visit your family. Like, that's Ooh. it. Like, oh. <laughs> my parents live half an hour away, and if you took away my phone, I would be yeah, like... You'll never see them again. Yeah, I'd just be like, how do I get that's there? <laughs> how do I get there? This city is not organized well. It's a sprawl. Yeah. I don't know how, like, to get to you, I would get out a compass and just drive north. And just drive, <laughs> drive north. I would just drive on roads that pointed the closest north. That's what I would do. And just pull over from time to time. Be like, hey, guys, Pe- Peach's house around here. <laughs> They'd be like, where does he live? And I'd be like, uh, his name's Peach. Um, yeah. Bear guy. Mountain is the shortcut. <laughs> Got a couple of dogs, I think. Does that help? <laughs> one older, one older, big one. Yeah. I'd probably have to stop at a lot of petrol stations and be like, do you have any maps on the wall that might have some shortcuts? <laughs> Maybe I can't, can't, can't wait to talk about this. This is awesome. But I guess the thing is, it's like, it's not a wrong turn if you chose to take it. So the title yes. of this franchise that's seven films long mm. is not correct. It's more like... 
Is it is it itself, Shag? Is choosing that title itself a wrong turn? So he decides to go through this dirt road and on the way he collides with a stationed SUV whose tires have been punctured. Now, I think you can imagine how their tires have been punctured by now. Just an accident. <laughs> <laughs> the chemical spill from before that's probably super relevant. Now, the vehicle belongs to a group of youths on a camping trip. Jesse, Carly, Scott, Evan and Francine, one of which who is Eliza Dushku, who soon realised that their tyre puncture was not an accident after Jesse finds a strip of barbed wire tied to a tree. Like, you know how nails can't pierce tyres, like, promptly? Like, like they can't make them explode. Yeah, no. Like, you know, like you're, like, driving along for 30Ks and, like, no, I think I've got a bit of a flat tyre. I'm pretty sure barbed wire is weaker than a nail. Is it not? I, look, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to fight with barbed wire, but if anyone wants to, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to wrap barbed wire, barbed wire around their fists and fist fight it with me, let's see. Peach, I don't know if you remember 2003. Facebook didn't even exist. So... It was an entire was world. other world. <laughs> it was a different world. Bell-bottom jeans looked good. Like, I just can't... I can't even get my head there. I was just like, well, they... Like, that looks very bad. Well, they look good now. Know. I don't know. Like, the whole Gen Z thing is they're dressing like we did in uni. It's weird. Oh, I can't, so I'm going to change my view in 18 months or so. Um, you've already changed your view, and I'm 18 months away. <laughs> you are going to start get wearing a pair of boot-cut jeans. You're going to sag low so everyone can see your boxes. Check my boxes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then heaps of Australian hip-hop crew T-shirts on top. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. <laughs> All right, okay. So Evan and Francine stay to watch the cars as the others go to find help, but both of them are later murdered by a figure when they stumble into the woods. One of them is murdered by, and I'm not going to go heaps into detail, but it is quite a gory film because of the barbed wire. So one of them is murdered with barbed wire to the face, like across the mouth, kind of like kind of like a joker sort of scenario joker style. yeah you know, chelsea grin yeah it's it's yeah it's like the effects aren't amazing but it's horrific or not to make me squirm a little bit Ugh. so the others find an isolated cabin and go inside to use the phone and again it's like they find it they see a lot of you know burnt out cars around it this cabin really has no paths to it so immediately that's a pretty scary scenario but there's a bunch mm. of them and they're from privilege so they've never experienced any hardship Whatever. in their life so they're like this will be fine <laughs> this will probably go well just as everything else has. maybe the cleaners in and they can help us out <laughs> anyway so they go into this house and they want to use a phone but they're horrified when they find human body parts in the house as well as heaps of barbed wire I like I can't stress enough how much barbed wire is used in this film. It's just they love barbed wire. They bloody love they? it. They it, it's <laughs> and it's a very versatile thing. You know, use it for traps, use it to decorate your home, Guard use it tires. for <laughs> makeshift weapons. <laughs> yeah. It bloody does it all. All right, so does the reboot have razor wire? Or is it like twenty twenty razor wire? Well, what's dumb is, and I think we'll probably do it in this podcast. The reboot, from what I understand, is about a cult, which is silly because they've already got the makings of an incredible satire on the class divide, masqueraded as a horror film. Like the pieces yeah. are all there, but they have to reboot it with a cult because, again, like I said, when people think about horrors that reflect the fears of the age, they only look at the surface level. They don't look at the undercurrent that is causing all of these symptoms to bubble up in society. 
Anyway, so they go inside, they're horrified to find human body parts, they attempt to leave, but the occupants start to come home and they force themselves to hide. So this is how Wikipedia describes them, and I'm sure it's how they were described in the script. Three cannibalistic inbred mountain men. They're mountain men. Inbred mountain men. Who did they breed with to become inbred? Well, (laughs) Well, I mean, because they're inbred, so I guess... Well, yeah, because now there's only three dudes, so how does the... Yeah, they would have had to have children. They would have had to be children. At some st- yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. Right. And they all have Cannibalistic. names. Sorry, cannibalistic is the answer. They ate their... Pe- yeah, okay. Yep, they yep, all yep, have yep. names. So Three Finger is one of their names. Can you guess the other two? Uh, hump, humpback? No, um, what's uh, what's the um, Notre Dame protagonist's name? Oh, Quasimodo. Um, Quasimodo, Quasi, or like Mo- <laughs> Modo or some like half... No, no, look, one of them's called Sawtooth Chomper, and teeth, the other one's te- called One Eye. So Sawtooth and One Eye. Classic. And and again, a real indicator, you know, like a signifier in literature and popular culture forever for lower classes bad teeth. So straight yep. away one of them's called Sawtooth. And posture, posture as well. Oh, there you go. Um yeah. So they enter the cabin with Francine's corpse. So, you know, the person the, the girl they killed with the barbed wire. And the mm. hiding group watch as Francine's body is dismembered and eaten. And that's where you have the very famous shot in the trailer where we go very early computer oh, through graphics. The keyhole, yeah. Through the keyhole. Very fast and the furious. Yeah, very we fast see an furious. eyeball and we see reflected in the eyeball a machete raised and then chopping a limb off Francine's dead corpse. I found that really cool and impressive like i thought as a shot like it, it was i was interested i was engaged I, was like fun. i don't think this is a bad film i, I like i don't at all and Can I, I just linger on cannibalism right yeah. so if i said to you i've just slaughtered a pig for example there it is eat it now first like firstly like step one is hanging the corpse like you, mm. you just can't you can't eat blood or like you can't eat that much blood and it'd be okay. Like, so you would need to cut the throat of, of the pig or of your human victim, surely hang it up by its legs and let the blood at least pump out and let, let, let the heart get rid of as much blood as you can. This is why you hang meat, as I understand it. Um, and then you want to very, very hygienically remove all the internal organs, especially like intestines and stomach and guts. Like, you don't want people getting sick. Um, I, I just find the idea of killing someone and then humans with your digestive system, my digestive system, going like, I'm going to go eat that raw, unhung, bloody meat right now. Just very, very strange. Like, I, don't, I don't think it could be digested, could it? I mean, humans have we also... Di- have we got any can- cannibal dietitians listening in? Get out of us, cannibal dietitian. Well, humans also need, like, routine and things to do in their life, right? You know, mm. there, there's a reason why dictatorships don't immediately fail because they Mm. instantly put a bit of a routine on a compliant human workforce that will eventually rise up but at the time is is able to just sort of subsist underneath this anyway that that is Mm. that is a very huge digression but i guess my point is surely Mm. there needs to be a bit of a ritual about the preparing of meat the taking it away because otherwise if your diet is reliant on people wandering through the woods, 
You catching, killing them, and then eating them. What are you doing for the other sort of, you know, the, exactly. the weeks, the How months at a time? Come through? Yeah, what, what exactly. else are you doing? Whereas if you were very carefully planning, and you are planning, you know, you're planning all these traps, right? Like, it's not like, mm. they're not crimes of passion. They're absolutely premeditated. So you're planning and these traps. And in tra- that atmosphere, the, ca- the traps would degrade quickly. Like, you'd need to maintain them. You'd need to come by, make sure, you know, your barbed wire's sharp and, you, and you, everything's all taut and ready to go. Yeah, so surely you would take them back you would you know you would prepare the bodies you'd have other food you'd have like human jerky you'd be chewing on while you were doing this human jerky human salami the whole way and you'd be looking at it being like fuck this is going to be delicious can't wait for the six to twelve month you know proving cycle to go through so i can enjoy francine but anyway so so yes i completely agree and if I think- you have enough patience and and enough you know ability to be patient and reflect on the world around you to put in place say a highly elaborate log trap, then surely you have enough patience to not go. Wah, 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 I'm going to eat a corpse that could potentially kill you. You have enough patience to slowly dole out, including by making human jerky. I know salt's not easy to come from, but they could go steal some salt, surely or go create some by dissolving some salty water nearby, uh, evaporating some nearby water body or something. Like, surely there are solutions here that we're not seeing. We would be better cannibals than this, Shake, apart from so. the killing people bit. Look, I mean, yeah, we'd have to outsource that uh, because <laughs> we're white collar. But yeah. <laughs> I do... I, I do agree. I do agree. And, and we will eventually get to some better thought out cannibal films in this podcast. But yes, yes, I totally agree. And to your point, if you're the sort of cannibalistic inbred mountain man who will take a corpse back to your hut, chop it up yes. and then eat it, what's the difference between that and then just killing them at the time and going arr, 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 and eating them then? What's exactly. the difference between moving the corpse and then eating it? Yep. Yep. Hugely agree. Hugely agree. These bloody cannibals. They are not fine young cannibals. Indeed. <laughs> I'm uh, pleased that I'm, I'm pleased that landed. That was a that was a dice roll. That I was like, as I came in, I was like, oh, don't know. <laughs> and and now mask off. We're not even calling them anything else. After the cannibals fall asleep, the yeah. group attempts to escape. However, the cannibals awaken and chase them mm. through the forest. Uh, and this is at nighttime, remember. So a forest run mm. at nighttime is always scarier than any other time. Yeah, forest runs at nighttime, they drive me crazy. <laughs> the group <laughs> runs into a clearing where they find cars belonging to the previous victims and they try to make up an escape plan. But when Chris gets shot in the leg while trying to distract the cannibals, Scott Oof. creates another diversion for the other three to escape but gets killed with arrows. Cripes. Also, I do enjoy the fact that in most films, mm. an, an arrow death is quite a bloodless death. You see a couple of arrows appear in their back, they fall yeah. over, Ooh, and that's that. Yeah. It's bummer. Oh, I got an arrow. <laughs> in this, the arrows pierce skin. There's lots of blood. Arrows sometimes go through, but like it's, it's, it's horrific. <laughs> and, and I yeah, like okay. their attention to realism in that respect. Yeah, okay. Crimes. Jesse, Carly, and Chris stumble upon an old watchtower and find a radio inside, which they use to try and call for help. Later, the cannibals arrive and are alerted when the radio starts responding to the group's call. So they didn't know they were up there, but then they hear the responses and they do, which is is always a classic horror move because it's like that's your voice of sort of like salvation is the thing that's going to get you murdered. Oh, bloody hell. 
Unable to get inside, the cannibals set the tower on fire to burn the group alive, but the remaining group escaped by jumping out the window to the trees. In the subsequent chase, Three Fingers catches Carly and decapitates her with an axe. That's not quite right. Like I said before, since the 70s, people have been trying to make decapitations way more gross and way less cartoonish. So the axe goes straight into her face, straight into her mouth. We see her horrified expression and the blood start to seep. It's, it's probably the grossest uh, image in this film. Gross. Uh, but then <laughs> let's follow that up with a little bit of comedy because Chris pulls a branch while Jesse Lewis three fingers for the former to release it, knocking three finger off to the ground. Wamp, wham. What, does it hit him in the ball? Why is it funny? Does it hit him in the balls or something? No, but it's like that classic, like, I'm going to pull a branch back. Don't come near me. And then you, it snaps back and it knocks someone over. Jesse and Chris manage to escape and hide in a cave until the morning. The cannibals then find them, pushing Chris down the hill and taking Jesse back to their cabin. Chris survives the fall and meets a police officer, but the officer is killed by Sawtooth with an arrow through the eye. Oh. Which is also a great shot. So. Well, no, I mean, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna shoot, like, I don't think it's easy to shoot. Oh, sorry, sorry, a great execution of the bow and arrow skills. Sorry, I thought you meant a great piece of cinematography. Yes, 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 again, which which doesn't speak to cannibalistic inbred mountain men who wouldn't try to prepare properly the meat they harvest. Exactly, if your bow and arrow is in that sort of condition, and your arrows are sharp enough to do that, I mean, Mm. you are a patient, disciplined person. Chris hitches a ride underneath the truck as it is driven back to the cabin by Sawtooth. Chris drives through the building and runs into one eye before he releases Jesse and proceeds to fight the cannibals. They escape as Chris kills the cannibals by blowing up their cabin. The pair then drives out of the forest in the cannibal's pickup truck and stumbles upon the gas station nearby. My favourite part of the movie. Chris takes the map to prevent others from taking the same wrong turn before he and Jesse leave. So after this experience in which most of the people... Haven't they just made sure it was safe to take that wrong turn? Isn't their final act to actually make that safe? But also, like, I love the fact that it's like, fuck these guys. Tag. Well, there's and a, a bit. Happy there, there's oh, there's yeah. a tiny bit more though. Yeah, okay. So it's a happy ending, except and remember, this is pre the MCU owning the post-credit sequence. Sick. So in the credit scene, a deputy sheriff who had received the radio call earlier investigates the remains of the destroyed cabin. Laughing insanely, Three Finger, who survived the explosion, rises and kills the deputy. Classic. I guess that's the horror movie spook out ending that you have to do, isn't it? To be like, mm, guess what? It was a happy ending. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get too diverted on why does it have to not, uh, why does it have to be an upsetting ending? Because I think you covered it when you were like, name one film you like and remember, and you can't remember any of them because all the endings are happy. Yeah. Does that, like, do we have to leave upset? Do we have, do we have to leave changed? Alexi guest on the pod a couple of episodes ago made a really good point mm. that horror films are unique in that they're only trying to do one thing. They're only trying to elicit yep. one reaction from the viewer with the exception of some contemporary woke horror films that have an mm. underlying message to say. And if 
the if the intention is to unsettle, then yes, absolutely, you have to leave on an unsettling note because otherwise, mm. you leave feeling too satisfied. But yeah, at the okay. same time, it's kind of annoying when the the heroes do every they lose so many of their friends. They do everything they can to kill them, and then without any explanation, it's like papa, sorry, one of them's still alive. Yeah, okay. Just from being still alive. It's magic. <laughs> it's mountain man in bread magic. <laughs> it, but again, it is. And I, like, you know, if we go back to my point, if there was if there was ever time for a reboot of this film, it's absolutely now, if we actually looked into who these people are and why mm. they have a vendetta again, and why they effectively want to eat the rich. Like these people are literally, yes, literally eating, eating the rich. The rich. Yes, you know, yes, like yes, it yes. couldn't be a more timely time to bring back Wrong Turn, and they spoil <laughs> it all by going down the cult route. Wrong Turn. Like Trumpism too. isn't everything. Trumpism is a symbol. It's not the cause of things. Eat ex presidents. It's good. Now you ready? One, two, three. Close. Bitch, I've got to say, when you did that just before the trailer, in my mind, I was like, why is Peach doing that? But I guess we've got to clap. Okay. Like, and that's, the clap was delayed purely because my mind was like, fuck, I've got to clap, but why are we doing it? Okay. I guess I got to clap. And then I just clapped. I've got a bell for you. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up? That's a Pavlov's dog joke. Pavlov's dog dog joke. <laughs> dog joke. Would have been nicer to end on that really crisp, one of those crisp notes, but like, fucking good movie this week. Cool.